the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Then sports coverage and entertainment after hours. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden told Russian President Putin in a phone call he must take action against cyber criminals acting in his country. He reiterated that the United States will take any necessary action to defend its people and its critical infrastructure. And he also reiterated his expectation that President Putin take action, even if it is not directed by the Russian government and if it is because of criminal actors in his own country. Republican Senator Tom Cotton told the Salem Radio Network this week the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. would not have approved of the critical race theory being pushed today by leftists in the public schools. He viewed his work in the civil rights movement not as a repudiation of America, but as a full realization of its promise. That's contrary to all these radical leftists today who want to teach our kids to hate America. This is SRN News. you're kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born we were yep i just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born no, no wonder we're so good at soccer that's right kids a pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception hello my name is marianne koharski i'm the director of pro-life across america if you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion or you'd like to support the work of pro-life across america Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, We always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome to King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Good to be with you this morning. Uh, middle of July. Let's see, the temperature outside is uh, still very, very pleasant, 66. Uh, it will be uh, it'll be one of those days where uh, you're like, gosh, it's great that I live in Minnesota. Not like last Sunday. 
uh, or, or, or for that matter, Monday, uh, which was really, really brutally hot uh, and um, not 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 very much fun. Anyway, if you're listening to us here, you probably you probably live in Minnesota. You probably know all that. So, what what don't you know right now? Um, let me see if uh, let me. Let, I I am interested in this story about uh, these ransomware attacks simply because I I read a piece and I want to read a little bit of it to you by uh, Tyler Cowan, uh, who is a professor at George Mason University, co-operator of. What I think is one of the best places, if you want to learn some, uh, have a fun way to learn economics through the web, you don't want to go take a class like you might with me here at St. Cloud State, then this is a good place to go. Just MR University, uh, Marginal Revolution University, the Marginal Revolution blog. He's a professor at George Mason and a writer from Bloomberg. But I thought I would start by reading, this is a story from the Financial Times uh, last night, uh, that uh, uh, Joe Biden warned Vladimir Putin that Russia would face consequences if it failed to act against hackers behind a spate of ransomware attacks, saying the U.S. would take any necessary action to protect its people and infrastructure. The White House said the two leaders spoke by phone on Friday, quote, about the ongoing ransomware attacks by criminals based in Russia that have impacted the United States and other countries around the world. Uh, Biden underscored the need for Ru- for Russia to take action to disrupt ransomware attacks, registered groups, excuse me, operating in Russia, and, em- and emphasized that he is committed to continued engagement on the broader threat posed by ransomware. You heard at the beginning of the hour during the news, uh, at the top of the hour here on the Biz 1440, the Russians are saying we don't really have any control over those folks which it's kind of hard to believe i guess but um let me let me just throw this this little idea out to you uh which i think is is uh um is a couple of things we talked about this a few weeks ago here on the king banging show whether or not it should be legal to pay ransom so suppose we said you can't pay ransom I would at least think, I mean, and I, I don't know, sir, if there's an accountant listening, 651-289-4477, 651-289-4477, if a business was to pay ransom and say so publicly, could it deduct the ransom on its t- business taxes? Would it qualify as a, as a, would it qualify as a business expense? Because I think at least one thing you could do is say, well, look, if you do pay ransom, don't think you're going to be able to write that off. You're just going to that's that's just that's just going to come right off the right out of the profits. Um, because, frankly, if it isn't, since uh, since what the what you would value it at is profits, it is after tax profits, you probably should not allow those to be to be deductible. But I don't know. Are they deductible? I guess I'm I'm questioning whether or not uh whether or not that that would be true. That's um that's uh um that's one issue and of course if if all of a sudden you can't get ransom to be paid or if you make it illegal to be paid uh Cowan writes says, "Hey, what about um what would happen is probably the the hackers would make it even more would be trying to do anything they could to break that commitment to not paying ransom um but uh but maybe what they would do is a lot more small small attract uh, attacks but here's the real here's the real question if you think about it like an economist right if you think about it like an economist what what do we see how many of us walk around with self with uh, cell phones or, or uh, um, that you know use our birthday as our password? How many of us never reset the the uh, entry code on the keypad next to our garage door to one two three from one two three four to something else? And maybe not your birthday either. Um, 
the you know you got a you got a home alarm detect okay is the password something that uh, will be difficult for someone to guess all of these are are types of things we do so we probably just like we maybe underinvest in our health like we underinvest in 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 insurance we probably see businesses underinvest in security of their of their computer systems right um how many of your how many of you with businesses or how many of you in work settings have a business that's actually uh put in two factor authorization which is annoying actually i get I get all kinds of cranky when the system here in the university every so often says, you must put in a new password. You've been using this one for too long. Now, I've worked at St. Cloud State University for over 35 years. I've run out of mnemonic devices to come up with for passwords. Right? So, and I'm also getting older. So, one of the things you might guess is, well... White-haired guy probably wrote down his password somewhere because he he otherwise he won't remember it. Now, not really true, but I'm not going to tell you exactly. I'm not going to tell you exactly why, but I think that's. But my point being, just like you and I, businesses probably don't stick money into secure systems. It's as an expense. It's a legitimate business expense. But it's still, it reduces the amount of money that goes to the bottom line. It doesn't produce additional. It doesn't produce additional um, uh, profit or revenue for you unless it deters attacks. Um. So, it's not going to, right? Now, how will this happen? Um. How will this happen? Don't know, but. Uh, the broader point I wanted to make is I'm going to connect this, and, and Tyler connects this to um, the fact that the public benefit of us investing in in our security is probably greater than our own private benefit. The reason there are ransomware attacks is like, well, okay, I've got I've got all the doodads on to to provide, but I've invested in my security. But the reason other people don't is because they have they have not because they have not. Folks in places like Russia are doing so, are are, are sending sending these attacks out. Okay. In economic terms, he writes, the private value of internet security is often less than the public value. A ransomware attack. Uh, that results in only a slight decrease in profits for a business could translate into a major social inconvenience. One consolation is that hackers will almost certainly overfish the pool of victims. At some point, there will be so many attacks that most institutions will have no choice but to respond with significant defensive measures. The hackers themselves will accelerate this process because each will try to maximize their profits before the game is over. Clearly, this means that a successful attempt to slow down the hackers could just delay the necessary adjustments that businesses need to make, which leaves everyone worse off. This is a nice, simple example of how to apply game theory to this problem. So while I don't, I don't mind, I don't think it's problematic for the Biden administration to tell Russia and tell president you know tell president putin hey knock it off with these things get your people to stop i don't i think it's largely window dressing what really has to happen to make this work is people are going to have to start taking it seriously and recognizing that there are problems and to that result i would say the fact that we're finding out how much these companies are having to pay to suffer the to, when they suffer a ransomware attack is actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Tell them if you don't do this, here's what it could cost you, and be pretty transparent about how much it is that you had tried to do or your failure to take serious actions. 
those actions, those statements have significant value. And so the answer to the question I asked a few weeks ago, should we ban ransom from being paid? I don't think so. And that's why I say maybe you want to make it tax deductible so that so that businesses would actually be incentivized to reveal what their what their uh, um, inattentiveness to the to the security of their computer systems has actually cost them. They should be able to. They should tell the public, and they should tell their shareholders how much it's costing them, and then all of that collectively gets us to invest in the kind of security we probably need. Just as when we tell people, here's how much, here's what's happening, here's the accurate information about. The amount of people getting sick, the number of people dying from from coronavirus here, the number of people who are sick here, the number of people who have have died from taking the vaccine here, the number of people and the people who are getting sick from corona right now, how many of them were vaccinated versus unvaccinated. All of that is to incentivize private actions. And it's the private actions that we want to have happen more than making ransom illegal or legal or or requiring this or that markets figure this stuff out for themselves because it's in their best interest to do so there will be i believe at this moment i agree with with tyler about this i think because there's heightened awareness and everyone's trying to bring up their security levels in response to this if you're a rational hacker, and I know it sounds weird to me to say it that way, but if you're a rational hacker in Russia, the the gate is closing on your ability to get into many systems using the, the techniques you have now. There's going to be a rush of these ransomware attacks, and I don't think even, even Vladimir Putin can do anything about that. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. sound effect we were gonna write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com but considering how easy it is to do we'll keep it simple too listen to the biz 1440 on the free radio.com app tell me why relief factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain i'm often asked that question pete and seth talbot the father and son founders of relief factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal that's right designed to heal and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three week quick start now discount it to only 1995 to see if it will work for you too i think it could give your body what it needs to heal itself go to relieffactor.com call 800-500-8384 relieffactor.com if you owe back taxes there's a lot you need to know starting with rule number one don't mess with the irs they are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters actively garnishing paychecks levying bank accounts and putting liens on homes and businesses that's all true but it's also true there's a way out it's called the fresh start initiative an important government program for tax debt assistance it's one of the biggest breaks the irs has ever offered so now's the time you could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands even tens of thousands nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at optima tax relief they have an a-plus rating with the better business bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible don't mess with the irs for tax help you need for tax help you can trust call optima now for a free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 optima tax relief some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Business 1440 and iHeartRadio, they go together like pennies and pinching. Listen anytime, anywhere 
at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out, RackShackToGo.com or RackShackDelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to RackShackToGo.com for pickup or RackShackDelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Thank you for listening today. 651-289-4477. Um, we're going to be a little bit all over the place today. I got, I've got my um, usual uh, discussion of monetary policy um, that, you, that you might guess. Um, I've got uh, – I, I, I have some comments about today about um, the release of the FOMC minutes that I think has been really um, – was really telling because it let me let me see if I do this right. We were having a conversation pre show, uh Sean, who's new to us as producer here, who's um kind of sorta doing the board on his own today. Um I know there's someone else around there if if need be, but I I, I my sense is Sean's got all this. He's he's got it all worked out. Um and Sean is fairly new to is of course new to the show, and he's also fairly new to having being on a show that talks a lot about monetary policy. So we had we were having a a, a Fed a Federal Reserve discussion. Um, I've I, and he asked me about he asked I'm going to reveal this. He asked me about Ron Paul, and I actually met Ron Paul. I actually introduced Ron Paul once at a uh, political rally. Um, so I something that that I'm not ashamed to say I didn't. I mean, if you come to St. Cloud and you want to talk to people who probably also at that time were supporting me during my time as a state representative, yeah, I'll come out and introduce you. It doesn't hurt. Um, and then I also, uh, I also thought to, uh, at, you know, I also didn't mention to him, but um, he, we were talking about the Federal Reserve, and he says, says, so Jay Powell, that's the current, that's the current chair, and it's like, ah, I like you. The Fed should not matter so much that you actually know who the chair is. But, of course, if you listen to the, this show, you know all of these things. Okay, you knew Janet Yellen. Yeah, she, she was the chair before Jay Powell. Before Jay Powell, there was Ben Bernanke. And what I didn't tell Sean was I've actually met and talked with Ben Bernanke, too, actually a few times, I will say. I mean, I mean it's, not like I can call, it's not like I can call him on a cell phone. Right. But um, we're not friends, but I've been at a couple of conferences where he's spoken and actually have asked him a question from the audience, the academic. This was before he was at the Fed, when he was still at Princeton. And um, so I've spoken to him at, 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 a, at a conference and he actually came to uh, present a paper uh, out in Southern California when I was visiting out there. And so so actually had about a 10 minute chat over wine after the end of the after the end of the seminar um he's he's a genuinely nice guy uh and, and by the way uh, so is ron paul i don't want to say, <laughs> they're both they're both genuinely nice humans uh very pleasant to talk to um and uh and and i'll say at least in bernanke's case i didn't get so much of this from ron paul uh didn't have as long time with him ben bernanke has a really delicious sense of humor He's a very funny guy, uh, but uh, but my my point here is that I've done a lot of Fed watching and I've said a lot of things about this. I don't want to spend too much time on it right now, but but I will say back when Bernanke became chair, he started this process of doing press conferences right after the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. So if I go back to my time when I was still in graduate school, 
back in the very early 1980s. Um, actually, I started in graduate school before 1980. But if I go back to that time, um, if I go back, go back then, the Federal Open Market Committee's statement, unless you were actually on a teletype machine that would print the statement, you only heard about it the next day because it was printed in the Wall Street Journal or in one of the uh, Journal of Commerce or whatever financial paper you read. Um, you would get it the next day. The people in the market might have it a little bit sooner, but it spread very much more slowly. Now, here in here in uh, Central Time Zone at 1 p.m. on the Wednesday of the FOMC meeting, we're sitting here constantly refreshing our screens looking for the new the new statement and then trying to and we've got a copy of the old statement and we're saying okay what language did they change then the next thing that happens is the chair comes out and so Bernanke started that Yellen continued it in fact it was before Bernanke left that they went from doing every other meeting having a press conference to actually doing one at every meeting and I've said repeatedly my view is Bernanke was really good at that and Yellen was quite good at it, too. I do not think Jay Powell's good at the press conference. And I think um, I think what's happening right so what happens then is you have the press conference, which is supposed to amplify and try to explain what's in the statement. A few weeks later, and back again when I was a baby economist, it would be years later, but now it's only a few weeks later, they release a set of minutes of the meeting, not a transcript. The transcript still takes five years to get to. But the minutes of the meeting, there's a transcript, but it's kept, it's kept under wraps for five years um, by law. Um, but the minutes, which are, you know, highly edited, uh, sort of, Here's how the Fed wants to talk about what happened in the meeting and record what happened in the meeting. But it has happened for me, in fact, more than once where I read the minutes of the meeting and then I go back and think about the, the press conference that we would have played here on the, on, on the Biz 1440 for you, pieces of the press conference, and I'm like, it's not exactly what he said. And so I think what happened this week, which has been hard for people to really understand. I, let me just play one clip for you. Uh, this is Jim Grant. Jim Grant is the very famous uh, proprietor of Grant's Interest Rate Observer. Wrote, uh, wrote a lovely, I, I read it cover to cover. It is a great biography of Badgett, uh, who was the famed uh, editor of The Economist magazine back in the 19th century um, and probably more responsible for thinking about uh, 19th century central banking than any other human um, uh, at that time, Um, at the time. Uh, And he's now in his, I want to say he's in his 80s. I think this is right, because uh, I was reading. I was reading him back in the 1970s. Uh, he had a column on the back page of the Bar- of Barons, and I would read it very religiously even back then. And you know, he's trying to figure out why are interest rates falling right now, which is a real mystery to me too. I don't understand why the 10-year Treasury is falling from 1.7 to 1.3 at a time when everyone's like, well, GDP is going to grow 8 or 9%. Things kind of look really good. Can't quite figure it out. And, and I think Jim Grant speaks for me when he says this, cut number three. Economic outcome. You know, if, if the storyline is that um, we are in the, in the way of a, of a great deflationary threat, then certainly junk bond yields have no business being as low as they are. And if the storyline is that the um, uh, is that the scale force of, of money and uh, promise of more and great deficit spending, if that is the risk, then certainly uh, sovereign yields um, are much too low because inflation is in fact a clear and present risk, which I think it is. So he's still on the inflation side, and I am too. 
Okay. But I know very respectful people say, no, it's still deflation, so something like that. Here's what I th- – I'm going to tell you what I think happened, and I'm going to actually spend some time with you in the next few segments trying to back, my, back up my claim. I think people started to pull back when they heard that the Fed was talking about inflation. They, they started to think, think we're going to be okay to invest for a little while longer. And then they went backwards to a point where they read these reports and they're like, oh, my God, they're going to wait even longer than we thought. We'll be back right after this. The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800 482 8399. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidi. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like uh, a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it. But there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and, and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Some different sounds. Great. Welcome back, King Daniel Show. The Biz 1440. I like this. All right. Um, 651-289-4477 with your questions and comments. Trying to keep my eye on what's uh, what information I'm getting from uh, various uh, from various folks here, but uh, there's lots of things. And so let me go back to this main point. My main point is that right now, 
people are just really confused on what's happening with inflation. The Fed's confused. We've talked about this. And they're, they, they're just, that as a result, and because they will not use a clear rule, because they don't believe that the, that the, rule, apply, the rule works for them right now, um, because of that, they are choosing instead to just lay back and wait. And I've been critical of that decision. But not every fact that I believe should be happening right now is, in fact, working out. And indeed, there are lots of other people trying to put other stories out there. Now, Jim Grant says, yeah, I kind of think inflation should be happening. I heard I forgot to get I forgot to get Sean to, to grab this cut. Uh, I didn't send it down. So I'm just going to I'm just going to describe it to you. Um, Brian Westbury who's First Trust Portfolio's uh, chief economist, whose uh, videos and, his, and their, their blog, uh, the FT Portfolio blog, is um, really uh, top-notch stuff, and I listen to it. I seldom am critical of things that, that Brian says, but I am going to be critical about this. And it gets to this basic idea where where if you have a what I would call a, a, a macroeconomics one understanding of the world. You could fall for this. This, not trap, but you could fall for this kind of thinking where you get a little too certain about what you believe to be true. And so I'm going to paraphrase Brian because I didn't, I didn't cut him uh, I didn't cut up his audio. I uh, didn't have Sean do that. But it's sh- the, the short version of it is this. We know that the money supply, the M2 money supply, has grown by 30% since May, excuse me, since February of 2020. Okay? We know along with that there has been a huge increase in the size of the Fed's balance sheet. Indeed, much more than 30%, but they're doing things to try to get some of that liquidity off through reverse repurchase uh, agreements. I could, talk about, I could talk a lot about that, but that's sort of that technical monetary policy operations stuff that um, tickles my fancy, but probably not yours. So I, I, I'll, I'll, spare you those, I'll spare you those details. Um, so what... What you hear then, though, from from Brian is, if there's a thirty percent increase in the money supply, there therefore must be an increase in in inflation by thirty percent over some long over some time horizon. And I think he, I think if I remember right, maybe I'll listen to the, the clip again at the break over some time horizon, at least gives him a little bit of wiggle room to recognize it doesn't happen immediately. It won't happen immediately. That's what Milton Friedman used to work, used to talk about as monetary policy working through long and unpredictable lags. The transmission from money to inflation is one of these things that we have spent decades trying to figure out and we still don't quite have it all figured out we have a new kind of place to live in. And so you do get um, you do get people trying to figure out how to you know why aren't why isn't the argument being why isn't the Fed producing more inflation with its policies? Well it's trying to move to some higher level and there are people who who hold Grant's first view, the the deflationary view, and say, well, you idiots, you can't create it. We're in a world where we're, we're, we're in a deflationary world, not an inflationary world. It doesn't matter how much money you create. Well, if that's true, if that's true, then you might as well uh, support modern monetary theory, which some people do. do. And I will say, as I mentioned in the, in the tweet, when I played the uh, Westbury clip, um, it, it Cracked me up. He used the word hogwash to describe modern monetary theory. I'm, I'm not as I'm I'm not as uh, 
as sharp with my language perhaps as he is, but I, I think it's I think it's a deeply flawed theory, um, and it is that just a theory. But the, if you want to take your 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 macro one understanding of monetary policy, let's let's try it out for a second. We start with okay, I should have I we should have like a a sounder Sean for like giving people a warning that math is coming. All right. I don't know what it would take, but uh, we should have like a warning math ahead. Okay. I'm going to use an equation on radio. Are you ready? It's called the quantity theory of money sometimes, but I prefer to use the phrase, the equation of exchange. Why? Because this equation in one sense is tautologically true. It only becomes a theory with some additional with some additional assumptions. So let's start with the equation. On one side I have all the goods and services that I have in the economy priced at today's prices. We call that nominal GDP. Some if you're old enough, you'll remember us calling it nominal GNP. Uh, that's okay. Uh, or nominal output, if you if you're remembering some phrase that some bad textbook writer used, I like just to call it the number nominal g nominal GDP. It's GDP measured as it is today. It's the sum value of all the goods and services that have been produced for final use in the economy. One side. On the other side, we have the money supply, which is we're going to define using, say, the M2 definition that's been agreed throughout the world, not just the United States, which includes your, your currency in circulation, your checking accounts, or demand deposits, because we have to use fancy words, uh, and then your savings accounts or time deposits, if you will, small, small denomination time deposits. If you put those things together, if you put those things together, that's the M2 money supply. And the ratio between them is a number, if I take nominal GDP and I divide it by that M2 money supply, I get a number that we that you hear people refer to as velocity of money, or V for short. The equation of exchange just says M times V equals nominal GDP, or sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll just put P times Y because... Y is real output and P is prices. That's an equation, and that equation itself is everywhere and always true because the, you just defined velocity, right? If I take velocity, if I create a definition for velocity as nominal GDP divided by the money supply, then just simple algebra says M times V equals nominal GDP. That's the equation, and it's really simple. For Brian to get to the point where he says, well, a 30% increase in, in the money supply has to lead to a 30% increase in prices, has to include two things. One, that this velocity number is constant. And in your macroeconomics one world, we probably taught you that it was a constant. Or that it changes very slowly. Now, the evidence for that is actually the work that Milton Friedman did with Anna Schwartz in the book, The Monetary History of the United States, which actually just takes a whole bunch of economic data between the years 1865 and 1960, just for the United States, and demonstrates that 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 number tends to trend along a, a very stable path. Um, some years later, he, the two went and did the same thing with the United Kingdom. They get the same result, basically. Doesn't mean it doesn't move at all. Doesn't mean that it's like, it, it doesn't mean that you can treat velocity like you would treat pi or E, the exponent. But it's a pretty stable number. That was then. Now it's not. So one problem, velocity isn't constant. And what that really represents, that number represents, is 
the desire of people to hold part of their wealth in form of cash. Cash is a medium of exchange, and so it's one reason why this concept of velocity works well. Okay, it's just measuring how many times this medium of exchange is changing hands. But that's not the only reason you hold money. You hold money as an asset, right? Why do I have money in my hand? In, in, I, I, I carry my money, I carry some dollar bills in my cell phone, why, okay, which is in a case. Why do I do that? Okay, I have a very interesting, um, uh, I have a very interesting reason why I would do that. I'm walking through a farmer's market. I see something that I didn't expect I wanted, and I'm like, oh, I think I really do want that. At that particular moment, the cash in my pocket has gives me that money, gives me the ability to do to to hold that. But for the most part, the reason I hold money as an asset is that I know that at least I know something about its rate of return. And in a diversified portfolio, along with all the other assets I hold, I also want to hold money. And this was actually this is actually also in Friedman in the part that everyone seems to forget Friedman said. But that's actually another part of this. So um, that is. A, an important piece to the story is that people are changing how and why they're holding our money for a variety of reasons. So that can't really be the relationship between them. During the pandemic, people's desire to hold cash as a precaution may have risen substantially. People might be more, even though digital currency would seem to be better because it doesn't require me to to take a piece of paper and hand it to you on which I might have uh, COVID germs. People still wanted to hold on to some of their wealth in the form of cash, which in every crisis is true. And actually, if you read deeply, if you read all it's approximately 800 pages of the monetary theory. Um, you know that. But people are making those assumptions. So people who are just looking at the increase in the money supply and saying it, therefore, must be causing inflation, no matter what. Okay? On that part, it, it can't be just that. And I will say, I don't believe that's the reason why. It's certainly not the reason I think inflation is happening I think the money supply growth is part of uh, is can help sustain the inflation, but I don't think it's the I don't think it's the mechanism that's causing the inflation. I'll tell you more why right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of 
of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the free radio.com app. Welcome back. King Bang, you show the biz 1440. So, if you listen to this show and you know that I've been kind of pushing hard on inflation, you might be surprised to hear I don't know that the inflation story is necessarily in this point. Um, is is going to be caused by the 30% increase in the money supply. I wrote a paper uh, with my old dissertation advisor many years ago. I don't, I'm trying to remember. I think we got it published somewhere, but I'm trying to remember where we got it published. I should look at my own resume someday. Um, but it's, this would be, golly, more than 30 years ago, where we try to explain the difference between what you need, the difference between necessary and sufficient conditions when you have inflation, to have inflation, I think when you hear people say, uh, you know, when, when you hear the thing, the, the, the quote from uh, Friedman that inflation is everywhere and always a monetary phenomenon, you, you respond by thinking that that's all you need. I don't think it is. I think, it's a, I think uh, an expanded money supply is a necessary condition for sustained inflation. I don't think in and of itself it, it is, is it in and of itself sufficient? That's where the argument is. And that's where I think that folks like Jim Grant may have been, been confused. I, let me play a little bit of uh, Muhammad Al-Aryan, who we've played many times here before uh, in this area uh, as well. Talking about talking about monetary policy as well. This would have been from Bloomberg, uh, I think Thursday. Uh, this is cut number five, Sean. Um, so I do think that down the road there are high yields. I do think that the market is underestimating um, the inflation shock we're going to go through, and next week is going to be interesting. It's not going to answer all questions, but it's going to start giving us more data. And I also think that that the market underestimates that the Fed has fallen behind and that there's going to be growing pressure within the Fed to accelerate that timetable. So they have been, in fact, doing so. They, they have increased. There's now, I think, by my count, five, five members of FOMC or expanded FOMC, including the non-voting members. So five of the 19 who seem to be in favor of raising rates, who in favor of, of tapering sooner, who may be in favor of a, of a rate hike before the end of 2022. There are a few of them, not a lot, it's not a majority, but there's a few out there. 
and they're beginning to have their and we've gone from talking about to talk to we've gone from talking about talking about to they're talking about it and indeed when you read the minutes of the uh, uh, from last week you would have you, you you would see that uh you would see that in here so let me go to let me go to, to the taper uh various participation various participants mentioned that they expected the conditions for beginning to reduce the pace of asset purchases to be met somewhat earlier than they had anticipated at previous meetings in light of incoming data. Um, several participants saw benefits to reducing the pace of these purchases more quickly or earlier than treasury purchases. In light of valuation pressures on housing market, meaning the uh, mortgage-backed securities, several other Participants, however, commented that reducing the pace of Treasury or MBS purchases commensurately was preferable because this approach would be well aligned with the committee's previous communications or because purchases of Treasuries and MBS both provide accommodation through their influence on broader financial conditions. Now, I think everybody assumed that mortgage-backed securities was going to be reduced first and the treasuries would come later. Now we're hearing a slight change that they may in fact be coming back in the market. If they, if that's right, then that means that they're going to start reducing purchases. They're going to start, they're going to start reducing MBS or their, their buy of uh, treasuries sooner. I think that has had some impact on what we're seeing in the market right now. Um, but the, what, basically what the Fed says when you read the minutes is basically full speed ahead and that the uh, run-up in rates earlier this spring may have been a little bit too far ahead of where the Fed is. And I think that's kind of maybe why interest rates moved down rather than up over the last few weeks. I think people are beginning to figure out this Fed's not moving as fast as I as some people seem to say. Five isn't nineteen, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, and uh, they need they need to get a lot further down the road, I think, before we're going to get there. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited Internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the Internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761-800-430-8761-800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? 
Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. 